grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for our meditation this evening is recorded in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4. We read there the 15th verse. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. This is the word of our God. Let us pray. Lord God, save me from the hour of temptation, however it may come to me, so that when I am humbled and delivered by you and your holy word, I may then be rich and powerful in the salvation of Jesus my Savior. So then deliver me, O Lord, as you have promised. Amen. My dear fellow redeemed children of God, at the beginning of the Lenten season, we hear that our enemy, the devil, went to battle against our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The first week of Lent, we hear the gospel where the devil goes up against Jesus and tries to tempt him three times to fall into sin. But we know from that account that our enemy, the devil, failed. That Jesus, our Savior, withstood every temptation perfectly. And the last we hear of our enemy, with two simple words, Jesus said, Be gone, Satan, and sent our enemy packing. And likewise, Jesus' entire life, death, and resurrection achieved victory over all of Satan's power, over all of the power of sin and death, and any claim that it could hold over us. And in the means of grace, in the word, and in the sacraments, and baptism, and the Lord's Supper, Jesus brings this victory of salvation directly to each and every one of us. The Christian church on earth is now a long victory march home. It began in the tomb when Jesus was raised from the dead, and its first destination was the capital city of sin and eternal death, the city of Satan, hell itself. And there in hell, Jesus proclaimed his victory over everything that Satan did, over all of the work that Satan tried to do. Jesus there started his victory march to proclaim every single scheme of Satan undone. And that victory march has been going ever since. And now, in the Christian church on earth, we join this victory march on our journey from the empty Easter tomb to the full feast table of the Lamb in paradise. And as long as we stay in formation, as long as we remain in that word for repentance and forgiveness and salvation, as long as we remain daily in the grace of our baptism, as long as we cherish that true body and blood of Christ our Savior given to us for the forgiveness of our sins, then we have this victory. We have this certain victory. Nothing, no one can drag you out of formation. Christ won the war. Through faith in Christ, you won the war. It's finished. So why does it so often seem like it isn't finished? Why does it seem to us so often that the war is still being waged? It's still being fought? 
Why does it feel so often to us like the war is being lost and we are the ones who are losing it? It's because while nothing can drag us out of that sure victory formation, while nothing can snatch us out of Jesus' hands, we can walk out. We can drop out of formation. We can leave the victory march. We can grow so comfortable on this fallen earth through that we're marching through that we prefer to stay in exile here rather than in the sure promises of God. And we abandon our posts in the formation in order to follow after vain comforts and vapid pleasures. Or we can grow so comfortable and so self-satisfied in expecting a life of conquering ease that we start to sleepwalk in prideful complacency. So our enemy, the, the conceited, bitter, and defeated devil, he still tries to attack this victory march. He sends his soldiers against us in skirmishes. Now in a war, a skirmish is like a smaller battle. It's usually between smaller groups of soldiers. A skirmish in a war, it won't win or lose the war if you win or lose a skirmish. So we tend to think of them as small, as inconsequential. We think they can be insignificant things. But a soldier who's on the long victory march home in a war can fall just as easily in a cheap and petty skirmish as they can in a grand and epic battle. In fact, a victorious soldier going home can fall more easily in a cheap and petty skirmish if they fall asleep in this surety of victory, if they let their guard down in the prideful complacency of winning. So the devil will certainly use these little skirmishes, these little fights. It won't get him the smallest sliver of any sort of victory, but it may drag one more soul into the suffering of his defeat. And so he will send these skirmishes against us. He'll send his soldiers against us in daily fights with temptation to try to get us out of victory formation, to try to lead us astray, so that we turn ourselves over to be imprisoned by our fallen foes. In this victory march of salvation, we should not seek after a peace that's free from all temptation and all trial. We do have a peace that is promised to us, but it is a peace of God beyond all human understanding. And so it is a peace that does not seek to avoid temptation, but a peace that endures all temptation. A peace that conquers in the midst of all adversity, whatever comes against us, on however many sides it attacks us. We have the peace of Jesus, who is your conquering high priest, who leads his victory march and who calls you to stand right by his side, who puts himself by your side through the rallying cry of his holy word. Now, it's a grave mistake to think that we will not face any temptations, but it's an even worse mistake to think that we can't overcome temptation. We can. We can. God tells us plainly in his word, in 1 Corinthians, God is faithful 
who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape so that you may be able to bear it. Every single temptation that we face, God has already given us his strength to overcome it. He's already paved the way of our escape because he's the one paving our victory march. God promises us this, and he would never promise us anything that was not true. So we must remember the source of this power that we have. And we must stay as close as possible to this power source. God's word also plainly tells us, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The devil brings these skirmishes against us in our daily lives and we rally to our victorious Savior, Jesus Christ. We don't resist the devil by our own strength, by our own reason, our own choosing. Instead, we resist the devil by drawing near to God. Psalm 91 tells us, God's truth will be your shield and armor. And the devil who is a coward in the face of God's truth will flee. The devil's flaming arrows that seem so terrifying to us on our own will plink off of the shield of God's truth and dissolve into nothing but ashes and fall harmless to the ground. The devil who is a coward must flee from God's truth. You have Christ. The devil can't do anything else but run away. The scripture reading this evening says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. In the account of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, we see three times that Jesus withstood temptation perfectly, but we know that with his entire holy life, and with his death on the cross, and with his resurrection from the tomb, he withstood every temptation. He withstood temptation not just three times in the wilderness, but he withstood temptation in every way. So Jesus' resistance to temptation not only bought you the full righteousness of God, but it also helps him sympathize with you. His perfect righteousness also puts him right at your side in the midst of every temptation. And he knows exactly what you are going through. He knows exactly how you suffer in the midst of any temptation. And he is the one giving you strength through his word and sacrament. He knows the weakness of our human flesh because he became weak in human flesh, but yet was without sin. And it's this sinlessness that he can become our high priest. He can make the one sacrifice, the sinless sacrifice. And he did so on the cross, and now he has the scars to prove it. The marks on his hand and on his feet and in his side, these are the proof that not only did he make that sacrifice, not only is it finished, but God the Father accepted this sacrifice. So now, when God the Father looks at you, he sees Jesus Christ standing in front of you. He sees the marks on Jesus' hands and feet and in his side. And so when he looks at you, he says, as any loving father would, 
suffer no more. When he sees you in the midst of temptation, he, sees, he says, suffer no more. In these wounds, I, your all-powerful, all-knowing God, your own Father, I have all of, the, all of the proof I need to declare to you that your sins are forgiven. And you, my beloved son, my beloved daughter, do you need any more proof from me? Do you need any more strength as you proceed from one dangerous skirmish to another? Then very well, then here is my baptism. Here is my own word that was washed on your forehead to name you forever as my own dear child, to cover your skin in the robes of my righteousness and in the holy armor of my word, to recreate your own heart in the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit and through Jesus Christ. Do you need any further strength? Very well, then here is my holy supper of communion where the very body and blood that won forgiveness of sins for you is given directly to you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Take and eat. Take and drink. Receive your salvation. Make it a part of yourself. Here is your medicine for your eternal life. Do you need any further strength? Very well, then here is my own word, which stands as an everlasting and eternal testament for everything that I have done to save you, to give you forgiveness of sins, and to call you my own. And here are pastors to proclaim that word of forgiveness and grace to you every single day of your life, to minister my grace to you with their own hands and voices, to feed you with the word of strength and victory as often as you need it, as often as you need to be empowered to conquer in the midst of temptation and all of these skirmishes. Do you need any further strength? Very well, then here is my gift of confession and holy absolution, which I give to you to use as often as you need it, to use with all of your fellow believers in every church service that you go to, to use with your pastors as often as you need it if you make use of private confession and absolution, as often as you need it to bring your sins to me, to hear that they were completely obliterated and abolished on the cross as often as you need to hear it, as often as you need to bring all of your sufferings of temptation to me so that I can raise you to victory once more through what Christ has done for you. As often as you need it to hear once more the unchanging truth of all eternity, your sins are forgiven. Depart in peace. Do you need any further strength? Very well. Then here is my holy Christian church on earth, to serve as your victory march of salvation, to keep you in this victory all of the way from the empty Easter tomb to the full feast table of the Lamb in paradise. And here is my son, Jesus Christ, to be your high priest, to lead this victory march safely through the fallen land of your remaining exile. And this victory march had started in the empty tomb and it went through hell itself, declaring all of that kingdom to be crumbled and useless. And this victory march is still going, and you now are a living voice in its eternal choir, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Do you need any further strength? Ask. Ask. And it will be given to you. Because your time in this earthly exile will run out long before my eternal love for you ever could. 
And then when that time runs out, you will be free from all suffering and all temptation. Then you will finally enter my victorious rest. Amen. Please rise and receive the blessing of the Lord. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever, world without end. Amen. We continue with the responsory. Into your hands, O Lord, I commend my spirit. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Keep us, O Lord, as the apple of your eye. my prayer. O oh Lord, visit this dwelling and drive far from it all snares of the enemy. Let your holy angels dwell with us to preserve us in peace. And may your blessing be upon us evermore through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Preserve us, O oh Lord, while waking and guard us while sleeping that awake we may watch with Christ, and asleep we may rest in peace.
Please be seated. At this time, we will gather the offering. We continue with the Benedictus. Let us bless the Lord. The Almighty and most merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. We close with hymn 587.
Good evening. Welcome to you all. A special welcome to any guests or visitors that we have with us today. We hope that you will come and worship with us again. Uh, no particular announcements tonight, just a, uh, a thank you to the group that provide the meal. I didn't get to see if the walls were put up, but uh, men, if you could help us set the walls up if they aren't done so, or if it's not done so already, because we will need them for Sunday. Um, so if you can help us with that. Uh, we will not be shaking hands again uh, this evening, and uh, we are... The church council discussed the coronavirus at length last night in what we should do, not in a panic way, but just in discussing it. Because if things progress, what are we going to do and stuff like that. So your leadership is taking this seriously and discussing it so that we can have somewhat of a plan in place in case things escalate beyond where we want them to go. So. Please keep praying for that. Pray for Italy with all of the cases over there and pray that God protects us from it. Thank you to Vika Kemford for preaching and sharing God's word with us this evening. We certainly pray that God will bless the last couple of months of your vicarage and also bless your assignment here in a few months as well. That's all we have. The Lord's richest blessings to each and every one of you. Amen.